You are now listening to the Two Dads Run podcast. Just two dads who run, talking about running and being dads and some other stuff. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. My name is Gray. This is Kevin. And we are your host for the Two Dads Run podcast. Thanks for joining us again this week. We have an awesome show lined up for you today. But uh, before we get to our guest, Kevin, how's it going? Been going, man. What's what's been what's new? What's shaking? What's popping? Yeah, what's man. What's going on? Yeah, no. Um, things going well, man. We uh, I just actually got uh, some lab work done. I'm gonna get the Uh-oh. good old physical. You know, just to make what sure. What happens when you get old, bro? I'm, I'm telling you, definitely not looking forward to. Uh, yeah you know, doing those things, but it's definitely well worth it. Cause I don't want to, you know, do this race that I am like every day, every week trying to learn more about what I'm getting myself into. And, you know, and then also I've like read up and down most recently, the uh, travel restrictions into Chile, man. And, you know, now that it's six months and some change away, it's like, what do I do now? Cause I've got the lodging already confirmed. I'm like, man, if I can't get into the country, then what's going to happen? So I'm not panicking at all yet, but I'm just like, man, that's only six months away. And this is a level four restriction. So what's that? What does that mean? So do you have to like quarantine for two weeks when you get there. That and- means I wouldn't No, I'm not allowed in the country. In what? Chile. Yeah. In Chile, it's pretty bad down there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I mean, unless you're, so is that like an American resident thing or, or what is that? Is that an American thing or they're just not letting anyone in? Yeah. Well, it was essentially they had like a Q and a on the, um, the, <clears throat> the U S embassy website and it said just level four and it said, um, Americans do not travel to this country. And I'm like, shit. Damn, bro. And, well, don't, don't, and, don't pay and, any and more money. <laughs> and then there's different parts of uh, the country in Chile that you have to have, because, you know, this isn't a, a short trip. It's a long trip. And um, yeah, so you have to get 72 hours a negative t- test to just go. And then when you get to Chile, the Aysen the um, region, which is the Patagonia Mountains further south, um, you can't, it can't be more than what, uh, 96, 96 hours. And, you know, if something was to happen through the travel, cause it, you know, it's pretty far. Yeah, if you get delayed or whatever. Yeah. You could be, dude. you might yeah, not be able to get in country. Look, they might have to send look. you back home. Yeah, dude, don't give, don't, don't send any more money to Chile right now. I know. So that's kind <laughs> of been, don't. you know, con, you know, what's been, I've been thinking about, but, um, and then what else? Now I took some time off of work this past, uh, this past week, Monday, Tuesday to just get some stuff done around the house and must l- be nice. Look into first time in years, years, but got some first good time shit you're done. taking time off in years. No, like to Come just on, like, to not do okay. anything, but A staycation. To, yeah. Staycation. Gotcha. Take care of like stuff around the house. Cause I'm usually, I'm always got to go. Yeah. Um, well, that's then, depressing, dude. Way to, way to start off the show with a bang, huh? Was that bad? <laughs> no. I know, right? No, Everybody's like, oh my goodness. Such a, such a bummer. <laughs> well, so that's the Debbie Downer <laughs> intro. <laughs> Could have saved that for the outro, I guess. <laughs> Stay tuned. It gets more exciting. You know? Stay tuned. If you want to hear how Kevin might not go to Chile now. <laughs> <laughs> but on a positive note, you've positive. actually been doing some cool things, learning how to swim. Oh. So yeah, the swim has been a little bit of a, a regression and I'm sure all of you people are sick and tired of hearing about me swimming, but been a little regression. It is what it is. Just going to keep powering through. Hopefully we'll eventually figure it out. So, but there's <laughs> one interesting story that some people may be able to relate to, whether you're a triathlete or not, whether you just like to hop in the pool Um, one friend, she messages me every once in a while and she'd be like, yeah, I swam getting ready for a marathon. So I can totally relate. Um, 
you know, to how bad you suck. And so there was a, was it a couple weeks ago, week, week and a half ago now, I guess at the time of the recording that I was, I showed up for my lane time. I was on time and it was early in the morning. It was one of the rare occasions that I swim in the morning and the master's team was there and they were taking up every single shared lane. Cause as I've mentioned before on the podcast, there's never single lanes available ever. That's just not a thing that exists. Right. That's so bad. Yeah. I mean, it, they're always booked solid and there's never anyone in them. Anyway, I digress. So I show up, all of the shared lanes are taken up by the master's team. So I wait for like five minutes and lo and behold, there's a single lane wide open. So I was like, screw it. I'm hopping in the single lane. I start swimming, right? So I'm swimming along. I've got my lane car with in there, color coded to you know, differentiate between the shared and the single and all this, that, and the other. So I, I put my lane card at the top of the lane, like I'm supposed to with my water bottle and everything else. And I'm swimming and I'm about 150 meters into my warm up, And I hear, um, sir, sir, excuse me, sir. And I stopped and I was like, yeah, what's up? She's like, um, are you supposed to be in a single lane? I said, no, but they're taking up all of the other lanes. So I waited five minutes. I'm now probably three minutes into my workout and you see my lane card. You, you know, I'm not saying all this. I'm thinking it like, lady, look, you know, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. You can clearly see all the lanes to your right are full. But I said, no problem. Hey, I'll, I'll be happy to share with you if you'd like. But, you know, I'm already into my workout. And she's like, no, he already said he would share with me and kind of gestured to the guy next to her. So I'm like, lady, you have a place to swim. You know full well I'm not that I'm aware I'm not supposed to be where I am but you stopped my workout anyway. Thanks a lot, Karen. I was really upset. <laughs> I, wanted yeah. to, I wanted to, I wanted to yell at her, but I didn't. Those are the same I, people. I restrained myself because it was like fast food right? drive through. Like it's the end the world. Didn't some guy speaking of fast food drive throughs there was a guy I read on the news or heard on the news. He pulled a gun on the, on the window girl at Starbucks over like a creamer that he didn't get for his coffee. The, the girl just so happened to be the town police chief's daughter. <laughs> like, oh dude, you at a Starbucks, I, mean, I haven't heard anything like that happen at a Starbucks. Bro, if you, if you are that mad about some damn creamer, you have got some, some issues and you probably shouldn't have a gun. <laughs> just my two cents. Jeez. Anyway, I don't want to get political. Becoming, yeah, no, it's become a crazy place. Look at you. Anger issues. You I brought, I was bringing the tone down. Look at you. Anger issues. There's just people that's, have that's anger just, issues. Anyway, we're just, we're, I guess we're just both kind of in meh moods today. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's an awesome story. Cause but, yeah, you know, it's like, well, some, I'm sure people will relate to people that the swimming community. I've just, I've realized is a little uppity. Not as not as laid back as the running community, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they with seem, running, they seem a little anybody can go out and run. That's the beauty of running. That's why you've got these guys like Kipchoge and um, uh, Lopez Lamong, you know, like we we're talking with, you know, some, some awesome He's had people. a rough week. Yeah. I mean, but that's what's so beautiful about running is that anybody can do it. Anybody. But then... Swimming, you have to kind of be near a pool or an ocean, clean body of water at least to swim. And and then you think about, especially we're in the backyard of like Mecca swim clubs right now and how much money that costs. That's yeah, about a good, I mean, five Gs a kid maybe a year. They're still elitists. So, I mean, but <laughs> I'm just saying, yes, it definitely is a different um, environment. Yeah. Anyway. Both fun though. Yeah. Anyway, I did do the, uh, as we mentioned before, the Sir Walter pop-up miler and we're actually 
good segue to our guest tonight. We're actually interviewing Pat and Sandy from Sir Walter Running, the race directors of the Sir Walter Miler, which was pretty cool. It's a pretty cool event coming up on August 6th of 2021. But every, as I mentioned, I think on episode 14 with Joe Ovius, they do a pop-up miler, pop-up miler every Tuesday where you go out and they have various different races for different, you know, time expectations that you're going to run. Cause they don't really want a eight minute person running with the, you know, four thirty person. Right. Cause that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They're just going to get lapped. And so I went out and I jumped in the five thirty or slower uh, race and ended up going 527. So I was pretty happy with that. First time on a track, first time racing on a track since spring of 2000. So it was awesome, man. It was really good to uh to get back out there to let one let one rip. Kind of curious as to what I could do if I were to actually train for it, you know, and put in some speed work cuz I haven't done any in months. Put in some track work and re- you know run more than twice a day, but that would kind of throw a wrench in my triathlon training. So we'll stay away from that for now. <laughs> Don't you dare mention that to Kristen. As mention far as, as <laughs> the next thing that you want to do, that's going to take time. Away. Yeah. Well, you gotta be careful, you know, especially with the triathlon is how much well, time it gets. And so I'm just, yeah. And I've decided that I'm going to go straight from triathlon training right into marathon training and probably do Kiowa Island full marathon on December 10th. You did say that. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll give me 10 weeks to get ready for Kiowa Island. So not exactly long enough, but close. And I'll be pretty fit from training for the marathon or for the triathlon. So I think it'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, I I would probably set a goal of something like to just go out and see how well you can do versus trying to, I think maybe commit to a time. Oh yeah. Because of no, the type of training and stuff you'll be doing, it wouldn't be necessarily the ideal leading up into it. No, no. And that, then that's not, yeah, that wasn't really the point. That'll be it a just beautiful a, race. Yeah. Apparently they changed the course this year. Um, some reviews that I've read in the past that it was kind of, it wasn't the greatest course. So it was a little boring because mm-hmm. it was kind of just around the resort and around the golf course and things like that. But apparently they've changed the course this year. So we'll see no one's ever run it before. So we don't, we don't know what it looks like now, but you know, we'll find out. Cool. I guess. Yeah. So (laughs) if I I survive the triathlon, (laughs) you know, so the guys, you know, that we're going to be speaking here, um, to, you know, it was awesome, you know, getting to know them and just, you know, the other thing we're talking, you know, about what's cool about the running community is that it is a community and how paths cross and, how Sandy went to Broughton, which is a cross country powerhouse up here in the Raleigh area. And then, um, you know, how they were able to just kind of start forming their friendship, uh, just based off of bumping into each other, but, uh, really cool similarities. I think it's awesome to just see like, you know, the stuff that they have fun with come to fruition and, um, you know, and how that all panned out. So, I mean, what, yeah, what about is- you? No, it, it's, I, I thought it was really great uh, speaking to them and, and hearing everything that they've done for the running community, especially here in the, in the Raleigh area. I mean, it's just great. I mean, they have really taken this, this, this race that was started with just Sandy running around at, at Cardinal Gibbons and have really turned it into one of the premier events in the country. Um, you know, us trials and that kind of stuff, notwithstanding. Right. So, you know, anything away from Hayward field, this is probably one of the premier events in the country now. And it's, it's super unique. They have the fans on the track and then they create a tunnel for the, these elite runners, these internationally elite runners. And it's just, it's really turned into something really neat. And they have really shown a a pretty bright spotlight on the sport. And I'm just really excited to get out there on August 6th and, and watch it and be a part of it. And if they need help, we'll be there to help them. And if not, we'll be there as fans. So really excited to see that. But um, let's uh, let's get into the interview and we'll catch you guys on the other side. 
right, everyone. This is Kevin again with the Two Dad Runs podcast and Gray. <laughs> <laughs> so today we've got Pat and Sandy from the Sir Walter Running Organization. Uh, two badass guys, a badass running organization. So um, Pat, Sandy, how are you guys doing? Doing great. Doing great. Honored to, uh, to be on here and obviously honored to join alongside my, uh, my partner in crime, Pat Bryce. Awesome. It's always fun to talk running. You know, this is, uh, probably similar to how you guys got together. Sandy and I, you know, met at a a bluegrass concert, not actually at a running event. And then it turned out we, uh, we had a lot in common despite being 10 years apart, but, uh, it's always fun to talk running. So good to be on the show. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. And before, well, before we, before we get into how you guys all got formed, I do want to thank you. I came out to do the pop-up mile this past Tuesday and had a blast. It it was the first time that I had run a competitive race, so to say, um, in like 21 years. So it was awesome. Thank you guys so much for doing that. It was really cool to be back on a real track and to see some people run really fast. I was blown away by how many people out there can can go sub five on a mile <laughs> just, it was it was quite impressive so it's amazing what you guys have done for the community and uh, we just really appreciate it yeah glad that you got to see it all it was a lot of fun you know like you said it's uh i grew up in charlotte doing similar kind of meets and then ran the godiva meets in durham um you know right out of college and whatever i could kind of get over there but uh, it is it is a fun night, and it's nice that uh, we had good weather, and there are a lot of folks out, and uh, you got to mix it up and see kind of what we do. Yeah, it was yeah. really awesome. So, Pat, so guys, tell Sandy, us, a, yeah, uh, tell us a little bit about how you guys got started. How you you know you said you met at a bluegrass concert, but then how did you get from that point to you know founding Sir Walter Running, and then ultimately the Miler? Yeah, I'll uh, I'll jump in and I'll let Pat fill in some probably some some uh, some things I've missed. But yeah, so we so we meet at a bluegrass concert with one of our favorite bands, Old Habits, uh, and uh, over at Five Points here in Raleigh. And uh, I you know obviously kind of tracking with Pat. I know I knew that he was a a big running head and was was a pretty prominent national writer. And so kind of that was always I mean you know talked to him probably periodically you know just run into different places, but um. In terms of Sir Walter Myler, that kind of started just basically, you know, I ran in college, was very fortunate, had some post-collegiate success and wanted to keep the ball rolling, wanted to break four minutes. It's been a big dream since I'd gotten somewhat close to college. And uh, and so I'd kind of spent a summer training and basically was at a kind of a, you know, consider myself a sub-elite guy and wasn't able to get into any meets. And so my brother, who was coaching me at the point, Logan Roberts, who now coaches at Furman, was coaching in Carolina an accomplished runner of himself, 150 half miler. Uh, he was a fit. And so we were like, we were at the beach and we were like, Hey, let's just put on a meet. I, I, if anything over my years, I, I had, uh, in younger, younger running, it's like, I could put on a meet. We I had helped kind of start some, some of the two mile tune-ups for full locker and had done some one K really enjoyed putting on these kind of throwing together these meets that I was running in when I was younger. And so we were kind of, let's just do that. And so we called Cardinal Gibbons and was like, Hey, would y'all be cool? Yeah, Cause I had a connection there. Would y'all be cool if we brought like on a win, you know, on the night that's okay with y'all. Can we bring a, you know, FAT timing and I'm going to try breaks four, and my brother's going to pace me. And we may have a few other guys. And uh, that was kind of the premise. We were hoping to have a few more people. Uh, Cause Logan was going to run, you know, try to run, you know, 159, two minutes for an 800. Uh, and then, you know, see, uh, you know, see basically, you know, who else we could, uh, you know, if we could get, recruit anyone else, long story short, we couldn't. And it ended up just being Logan's going to pace 800. I'm going to try to run a mile and see how fast. So we were like, within a span of a couple of days, we were like, let's invite some of our, our you know, our high school buddies is going to be in town. Ended up Gibbons was like, yeah, y'all can have it on this Wednesday night, but uh, it's got to be after the second football practice. Like they're doing two a day. It's really like, okay, fine, whatever. So we, within that context, we were like, Hey, we need some help kind of getting the word out. So of course, Pat was our go-to guy. So you're like, Pat, can you, would you mind kind of helping us? Like, I don't even think Instagram was in, in existence at that point, but like we had Twitter and Facebook and I think Pat had maybe dropped something on, you know, news and observer when, when that mattered. And so we basically like, we're like, let's let a few people know. Long story short, end up having like about 500 people come out, which is really cool. And Pat was on the mic as my brother and I were warming up, but Pat had the brilliant idea of, 
telling everybody, like, because it, it was just my brother, those two people were racing. And so he, my, so Pat was like, hey, y'all come out of the stands, like, come cheer them all on the track. So everybody comes on the track and essentially creates this 400 meter tunnel. And so they, they you know, they finished the, the, the second football practice, football teams cheering. Ends up being a pretty cool scene. I think Pat's wife actually did a video that got like a ton of views. Like, and long story short, I didn't break four, but it was a really special night. And that, and we call it, and Pat, you know, uh, deemed that or uh, gave that the title, the Sandman Mile. It's my nickname, Sandman. And so we, we call that Sandman Mile. But we, I think coming out of that moment, we realized we were onto something and it was way bigger than myself, but it was this chase of a really distinctive time. And we, it was like, it was an historic time. It was, it was, it was an exciting people related to the mile. We were like, Hey, let's try to build this, make it expand it, actually try to build out a field. And that's when we kind of landed on the Sir Walter Myler. And that began, you know, gosh, that was almost eight years ago. began kind of the, the, the process of building Sir Walter Myler, which is our flagship event, but then building out the larger organization, which is Sir Walter running. I kind of, I, I hope I, I touched the main points, Pat. Did I, did I do that justice? Yeah. Yeah. No, you did a great job. I mean, that's, that's really it. I, I think, uh, you know, we were, we were seeing a band play and I was wearing like a Carolina track shirt and, uh, he was like, Hey, are you, are you Pat? And I was like, Oh yeah, you're, you're Sandy. You're like the Broughton guy. And, <laughs> um, we got to talking and yeah, it wasn't long after that. At the time I had a running blog and this was like, yes, yeah, guess it was 2013 that, got a lot of action before everybody had a, a blog and a podcast. And, uh, we were able to put that event together and, you know, got it on uh, flow track and, and we just got approached by a lot of people that were like, Hey, y'all should, y'all should do this with like more people. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we didn't really think about it afterwards a whole lot, but then it was like, yeah, like let's see if we can do it. And we, we put together a Kickstarter and raised, yeah. I think, what was yeah. it like? $3,500. To yeah, but like the, the yeah. effort that it took to like get the get the materials that or get like the the swag that we end up sending out, like we we definitely like <laughs> we might have raised thirty five hundred, but the time and like money to like actually send out the stuff, like we definitely made it. It was an it was a break even operation for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, I don't think we're gonna do any more kickstarters. Like no, giving out all the swag like it's not an easy task. But uh, but yeah, I mean we really laid out the idea of putting together a dream track meet of, of what we thought would be fun and not boring. And, uh, at the time Raleigh Brewing had just opened my mom and my wife went to Meredith. Nobody was allowed to go on that track. And we basically like, Hey, we got this idea for a track meet. And they looked at us like we were crazy. And, uh, you know, ultimately they were like, Hey, well, if you guys pay for security, you pay for the Porta Johns, um, you basically take care of everything. We'll let you, we won't charge you to rent the track. And, you know, I think they thought probably a hundred or 200 people were, were going to show up and we probably had a few thousand that first year, um, had a three guys break four minutes in the mile. It was the first time in 40 years that somebody had broken four of the mile in Raleigh and the, the general public just really took to it. it. I mean, we knew the runner runners and the running nerds were going to love it, but, uh, the general kind of person were like, Hey, here's what, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to Raleigh brewing, have a few beers. We're going to have some food trucks walk over the whole meet's going to take 45 minutes sub four mile then you're going to walk back over to raleigh brewing have a few beers we're going to have bands there all the runners are going to come over there and it's going to be fun and it just worked out exactly the way we wanted it to for the most part and and from there it's just like we, we've just built on it like the pop-ups were kind of the first thing because raleigh has never had a community track series and so we took what you know they did in, at godiva and chapel hill and the charlotte track club in charlotte where i grew up and basically really shrunk that down to, Hey, we're just going to do some miles, have one extra event and do a four by four in and out in an hour. Um, you know, people got stuff to do track meets can be so boring. So we just did that and, uh, just kind of every year add a little bit, take some things away and just basically, you know, this is not our job. We both have real jobs. Sandy's a, a realtor and a pastor and I'm a mortgage banker. And so we really get to like live out our, our running dreams for fun. If we have ideas we think are cool, we, bounce them off we the rest do of the team. And if, yeah, if we get enough positive feedback, we're like, all right, let's go. And if something doesn't work, we're just like, you know what? Hey, we tried, we thought it was going to be cool, but we don't, we, we're not forced to bring whatever back. So it's just, it's just really like, uh, you know, promoting track meets like concerts and, and that kind of thing, as opposed to like track meets that, that really is uh, not what we wanted to do. There's plenty of people that do that. 
So, so it's now kind of, I'd say, kind of taking a life of its own. What are some of the things with the evolution of it that you guys have been just wowed by? Is it the, the athletes that, that have come and traveled? Is it just the size? What, what are some of the things that even now that you just look back and continue to just like, my goodness, I can't believe that's actually happening. I'll, I'll speak first. The thing, um, Kevin, for me, honestly, is like, I just, I love how this has become a staple of Raleigh. What people don't like, so here's the deal about Sir Walter, the big hidden secret. The reality is one night a year, we have national relevance. The other 364, we actually have really deep, really deep roots locally. We have a lot of buy-in from the local running community at the like greater Raleigh triangle area. And I think to me, like that's actually the legacy. It's like, yeah, because like a lot of people like want to have that national splash. I get it. But like our thing is like, let's go really deep locally. Like let's have a lot of buy-in with our people putting on as many free events or at cost or at value and putting on sweet, fun things. And then building the building, kind of building this running community here, being a part of helping to build, which is already a great running community here in Raleigh. And then hosting one out of a year and bringing runners into that. Like that's actually the success of it. Like it's not about that people know us like, on the other coast, it's like, no, we've got some really dedicated, committed, a really cool, inclusive community of runners here. And I think for me, that's the thing I get most pumped about that the evolution is like, it's just fun that people know about Sir Walter. People be like, Oh man, that's, you know, I'm honored to be associated with it. You know, like the, the days of when I, or the, the, how I got started almost irrelevant now, what it is now is that like, it's people that come up to the pop-up miles and have a blast. And they're like, Hey, I'm going to be at Sir Walter this year. Freaking awesome. It's the fact that Sir Walter's the first week of all the, you know, when all the cross country teams start practice and you have a ton of cross country families come out and like want to host families or are a part, you know? So it's just like, these are the, like, I just feel like we've just created some really deep roots locally where people like first Friday in August, they know like, Oh, I'm, I'm at Sir Walter. Like I'm going to invite my brother down from Baltimore. I want him to be a part. Like I'm not going to the beach that weekend or like it's become a staple of like, kind of the event community here in Raleigh and the runners have owned it. Like I feel like there's, and that's what makes it so much fun for the elite runners to come in because we have people who actually have become knowledgeable of the, of the track scene. They've, and also we just have like people are like elite runners now love coming back to Raleigh or trying to find a way. Cause they like love their host family. And it's like, that comes from like just a, a, a hospitable, gracious, knowledgeable, inclusive running community that I, I'm honored to be a part of. And I think Sir Walter has helped foster. I think that's what I've been most pumped to be associated with. Well, yeah, definitely. Pat. I think, I think you said it. Yeah. I think the one thing that people overlook nationally when they, when they talk about our meet, cause everybody does things their own way, but we, we know, I mean, you guys saw the other night uh, when there's two or 300 people out running their hardest mile, they become our biggest promoters when it comes that's to right. like, the mile or yes. yeah. So, so they show up and they bring their friends and people come from out of town. It's become like the hub of, where every college coach is, has a wild, you know, night uh, once a year. And, and, you know, it's turned into like a week-long thing. And uh, very organically, we, we want it to be fun. We, we don't treat it um, like a job. And, you know, we're pretty close to when it's happening this year. So it's, it's a little nerve-wracking because we didn't have it last year. So we're trying to get back and with all the COVID stuff we kind of get back to where it is. But the past few weeks, the pop-ups just keep growing and growing. And it's just been a, a good reminder that, um, you know, people still want to run. They want to run with people. They want to see, you know, cool stuff. And then, you know, with the, the Olympic trials happening, you know, because we've been doing this for seven years, a lot of our athletes will be running the Olympic trials and some of them will make the Olympic team. And that's, uh, that's really fun to follow. You know, when you give people little pieces of, of the professional running world, they can, they can lock into that and, and we're not trying to overwhelm them. And so, for us, it, it's a lot of fun to, to just cheer those folks on and then bring community with us. And if they want to get involved and run the pop-ups and then run the half marathon and run, you know, whatever else we do, the Strava challenges in July, great. But if they won't only want to come to the miler or, or you, know, you name it, that's okay too. But uh, we love that people from all over North Carolina have kind of latched onto us and, and really helped promote us. You know, it's, it's great going to and seeing somebody wearing a Sir Walter shirt or even when I'm in Charlotte running in McAlpine Park and somebody's got like a Sir Walter singlet on. It's like, oh yeah, that's awesome. That, that's uh, that's why we do it. Yeah, I mean, and you guys are, are having a huge contribution you know, to the running community, not only in Raleigh, but in North Carolina. 
And I think, you know, I was listening to your show, the summer of miles podcast, um, the most recent episode that dropped and you were talking about how the state of North Carolina had more NCAA champions in track and field than any other state. Correct. Yeah. Right. So we'll, we'll attribute, we'll attribute some of that to you guys. I mean, it's, it's building, <laughs> it's building a culture. I mean, you have, you have the, you have the premier track and field event and you know, of the mile. I mean, that's kind of, that was the glory event for so long. It, we let sprint borrow it for a while, but you know, I think definitely the, the longer, the middle distance and the longer distance uh, are making a comeback here lately. So I'm, I was, I gotta say, I mean, listening to your show, recently and, and, and hearing about everything that you guys are putting into it. I'm really, I, I didn't realize that you guys were a realtor and a mortgage banker. Um, you know, so how have you found time to manage putting on such a big event with, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in, I've been in the event business in my life. Um, so I know the amount of work that goes into it, you know, just to put on a, a four hour event, so how have you guys managed to balance your quote unquote real job with putting on this, you know, nationwide interest event? Well, I'll hop in real quick, Sandy, and I'll let you add on. But one of the biggest things is, you know, Sandy and I have been the face of it for a while with uh, Logan was very involved when he was here, but now we have a full, full team of very capable people. Uh, Jeff Karen, who works at Elliptigo, used to work for Saucony, is a big part of our success. He he does our women's field. Stephen First, who is a you know well accomplished runner in his own right, Olympic trials runner in multiple events. Um, he does our men's field, and he's he's great with logistics. Um, Melissa Coleman does a lot of our hospitality, and then, uh, you know new new member this year, James East. He's one of those guys that can can plot a map for a race and, and tell everybody where to park and do things that Sandy and I just aren't very good at. And then, you know, being in this business for seven years, you know, every summer uh, we've had some interns and some of the ones that really did well, really enjoyed it, have stuck around and they're not official members of, of our team, but they'll say, Hey, you're, you're doing this or you're doing that. Hey, I'll come help. I'll do this. I'll do that. They've seen it. So they know what to do. So every year we get a little bit bigger base of people that are talented and kind of help, help this thing go. And that's, uh, that's really made it work because, uh, you know, I'm like you guys, I got a, a two girls, a one year old, a four year old and, uh, you know, and a wife and, uh, you know, a team of 10 people to report to me at work. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that, that can be taxing. So my, my life is very, uh, organized in the sense of it's basically work, family, and then, uh, you know, our Sir Walter stuff. Uh, and that's, uh, that's really enough for me. Yeah, I'll just go on the, the dream work of teamwork. I think like Pat and I get way too much credit for what our team puts together. And uh, we really do try to like try to build with each other and really bounce ideas. And that's, I guess, a big part of it. It's just like, we've got some really freaking talented people we get to work with. And I'm, I'm humbled by that. People would want to, you know, they work for free, right? Like they, they would want to give up their time to have to meet and put on an excellent event. But I, I do, I'm again, honored by the fact that people want to give them their time, but that the event has come to a place where people want to be associated with it. So, well, even if they're doing it for free, I would have to imagine that it's a, a pretty decent look on a resume. So. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, <I'm sorry>. maybe. <laughs> yeah. So I was going to ask, so you guys have, um, you know, we got the pop-up miler, you've got the event that's actually coming in, in, in August. So, you, you know, with last year, the COVID kind of wiped out everything. Or what, what are some of, can you guys maybe drop some teasers? Are you guys doing anything different for the event that's coming up in August? Um, to make it even more special or, you know, talk to us about, you know, what, what are some of the plans and preparation that that's going into making this one just a complete badass one? <laughs> Sandy, I'll go ahead and just put it out there that, um, frankly, we don't know. We're still navigating kind of what, what's <laughs> happening, um, making sure the venue is comfortable with the, the kind of crowd we're going to bring, you know, if, if they're going to make some people wear masks or not, you know, we have to kind of work with, uh, work with everybody else to, to make sure that they're cool with it. Um, the good thing is we, we kind of know what to do with, within the parameters. So there'll, there'll be some surprises, but I think it will look a lot like what people have seen in the past. You know, our biggest draw uh, for, for athletes is the Olympic trials. And, and so there's going to be three people go to the Olympics in the 1500, the 5k, the steeplechase, the 5,000, we're going after those people that came in fourth, fifth, and sixth, and all the distance right. events. 
So we really start, our field really starts coming together right around July 4th. So that's when it really gets real. You know, today I, I did the sanctions with USATF and that's part of it. And soon we'll book the Porta Johns. We've already had our meeting with Raleigh Brewing to set up everything for the post party and the pre party, start getting the food trucks together, that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, this year's is tricky. Um, we're really having to kind of work on the fly within, uh, you know, the rules that we're given. And I think it's still going to be a lot of fun, but, uh, it might be a little different. We don't know. We didn't get to do it last year. And, uh, we want it to happen the closest to what we've seen in the past. I think people, you know, the athletes tell us they don't come to Sir Walter for the money. They come because it's a, a unique experience of having fans extremely close, uh, on the track. And, you know, somebody like Lopez Lamong, who is probably going to make the team, the 10 K, um, who won our event and has our record. He told us that directly. And so, we're going to continue to lean into that. We're never going to have the most money, but we're going to put the most energy into it. We're going to bring the, the community into it more than any other place in the country. And um, that's, that's what we know we're good at. That's our wheelhouse. And, uh, you know, Sandy being uh, the local hero in the running community, it, he's, it's really easy for him to get buy in. I just kind of try to work the spreadsheets. So, yeah, <laughs> not true. So, Sandy, <laughs> fun fact I'm actually, so uh, Coach Fish from Broughton. Is a yeah. is a former teammate of mine. Oh, awesome! In high school. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, he was a freshman when I was a senior. So, <laughs> awesome! Yeah, and that's awesome. Yeah, I was, uh, was, a good I was at his wedding. You were, oh, yeah. <laughs> and we actually just Gray and I just went this past Sunday to the coach that actually coached us. So he just retired. Twenty-one consecutive uh, championships, regional championship, conference championships, couple state titles, and runner-up uh, with that. But uh, then we also I. I, I probably won't drop the news, but then we also found out that Fish is actually going to be a head coach somewhere else. So I, I don't think that's actually official. Yeah, all right. Yeah, well, then, it is now. Here, it. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, it's, uh, it's, I, I mean, he's not going to be in Gray. Am I in trouble? <laughs> am I in trouble, Gray? I, I, Possibly. I am not going to tell I mean, anyone. We, we might have to just awesome. like cut this piece out. <laughs> Well, listen, here's the, the deal. If, I mean, you know, I love David Christian. He, co- he coached me back uh, when I was at Broughton, and uh, I know he loves having fish with him. The reality is, if you want to build a legacy, you got to send people out. So um, I, I'm sure D.C. will be nothing but thrilled. <laughs> great, great, yeah, he just, told, he just told us on Sunday that it wasn't public, but I guess okay. according to Kevin, it is well, now. Our so. coach is yeah. the biggest mouth coach in the world, so it true. is definitely public. <laughs> true. That's very so true. Everybody definitely knows. So as far as like, like Sandy, you know, with yeah. your, your background, you know, Broughton, yeah, Broughton's been the powerhouse of the state for, for quite some time. You and your brother yeah. Logan were, you know, some elite runners. So what are you, are you doing anything now personally? Or is there, how are, as far as running wise, anything that you're challenging yourself with? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'll be honest with you. I kind of had to like come to terms. I'm 33. I really wanted to like break four. I've been like fighting that. Um, but I think like father Tom has, uh, has spoken. So I, I'm, I, I, some events that I've never tried, I've never done a road 10 K never done a, a half marathon. So I am trying to do some longer events and, uh, actually listening to help of, uh, Steven first, one of our, our teammates to try to, you know, uh, see what I can do. And, and, you know, 33 here, like got a couple of responsibilities outside of running. I'm not even on my best day, even if things come together perfectly, I'm going to get a pat on the back and, uh, you know, keep selling home. So I, I know where my running stands, but I do love it. I, I, Pat and I do a lot of runs together. It's my way to socialize. And I still love training hard. I was out ripping a whole, an old NC state workout this afternoon over on the uh, Kaplan Hills over here near Lake Johnson. So I'm still getting after, I just, I love pushing the body, but, um, yeah. So, so we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm going to do a fast 10 K and then hopefully a fast half marathon uh, the rest of this year. <laughs> nice, nice. How's NC State's team looking this year? Well, I mean, the women are just obviously next level. I think that the, the men, we got, they got to catch up a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, they got some talent. I mean, it, listen, Coach Geiger, uh, who coached me, so I went to Georgetown undergrad and got to get a run under state at grad school. Um, Coach uh, Geiger, uh, Raleigh Geiger at State, is one of the best coaches. And, and he just actually was inducted into the Hall of Fame. Pat and I did a podcast with him, which was so much fun. Um, so he will continue to elicit great talent. I think the, the type of athletes that were successful under him 10, 15, 20 years ago are not the same ones that are now. It's a little different, but NC state is a, is a distance powerhouse. They'll continue to be the women's program will is shining at another level. And I, and I, and I expect the men's will have to up their game to stay there, but 
Um, I'd say if I can just pull back the triangle running at large, UNC under the direction of uh, Chris Miltonberg, who came from Stanford is going to be dynamite. Wake Forest under John Hayes is killing it. Um, Duke is about to, they're about to kind of reload on the distance side. Uh, and even, you know, regionally Virginia with Vin Lanana. Um, so it's just like running in this area is incredible. Um, yeah, I know we've, we're known as, you know, kind of a basketball, you know, you know, uh, you know tobacco road with basketball and you know, soccer's big in the youth, in the youth ranks, but I'm telling you cross country track or the development of just young athletes who want to be more involved in the sport is, it's exciting. And I, and, and I'm, I'm, it's just, it's a fun time to be a part of running. I mean, I know that there's some, there's some things that are less exciting, you know, like, you know, hearing that top runners are getting, getting, uh, getting, uh, you know, using sensing drugs or something like that. But on the whole, it's just an exciting time to be a what part. What are you talking about? Eating burritos, I know, <laughs> yeah. seriously. But, but on the whole, I'll just say, I- I'm excited about the direction of track locally here. Awesome. The track running at large, I should say. And, and Pat, it was, you know, it was a pleasure meeting you and just seeing how involved that you were the other day at the pop-up. And in your background, you, you actually uh, transferred over to the Carolina team, correct? Yeah, I mean, I ran at I ran at Providence High School in Charlotte, and uh, you know we were very good in the the mid '90s. I think we were third, fourth, and fifth in cross country in my time there. You know, came very close to winning a state championship one year. And uh, yeah, I went to Carolina with the thought of being a kind of a team manager type, and then uh, trained that summer. And you know, Coach Craddock, rest in peace, uh, told me, "Hey, just just come try out." And it, I had one of those days where. Uh, just everything came together and I, I made the team and then kind of was, was told by uh, coach Joe Nesbitt Olympian at the time was like, Hey, great job. Um, we'd, we'd love to have you, but you beat a few guys on scholarship. So we, we can't keep you on the team. So come out next year. Or, and so I, I kind of became, uh, you know, I've always been a social person. And, and so I was, uh, I, I worked at the radio station in college. I was the, social chair of my fraternity and booked, uh, booked the concerts and all that kind of stuff. And then worked in the music business. So, um, that was always kind of what I, what I liked outside of running. And so I took a long time where I didn't really run. And then I got back into it at the 2008 trials, uh, watching, watching that with my cousins and then ran, um, you know, my first marathon right before I turned 30 and it was, it was terrible. I ran 356 and walked about half of it. And then the next year said, Hey, I think I'm going to train a little bit and see what I can do. And ran New York city when my sister was living there and ran three Oh four qualified for Boston the following spring ran two fifty five at Boston. And, uh, you know, I was hooked, um, really, really got into the, um, kind of media side of, of running, made a lot of good friends that, that did that. And the, and the media in, in track is very wide open. So, you know, basically wrote a few blogs and was able to get credentialed to the Olympic trials immediately and, and met a lot of people that are still in the sport, which, uh, help, help Sandy and I out a lot when we're trying to, to do some things. Um, but yeah, now at this point, um, more of a casual runner, but from time to time when my body feels good, I'll kind of dig in and do some things. And last, last year, um, kind of like gray had, had some fun doing some of that Nick Willis training and was able to break five in the 1500 and, you know, break 19 again in the 5k and just kind of check off some things. And then my body said, Hey, you need to chill out a little bit. So, um, I'm back to running consistently, you know, not, nothing crazy, but, uh, just did the Renology run tonight and ran 745 pace with some friends and it feels good to do that. And I'm excited to go to the trials this weekend and run on pre-trial and do all that stuff. Yeah. 745. Hell yeah. Good job, Pat. Well, I'll tell you what though, you know, so I'm, uh, Kevin mentioned I'm training for, before we started recording that I'm training for a triathlon, but man, after that pop-up mile the other night, it's like, you know, I'm really kind of wanting to scratch that itch to see if I can, you know, match some PRs from high school and, you know, yeah. go, go sub five again. And I'm like, boy, because I'm, I'm, I'm running, I'm only, only been running twice a week, no speed work at all, no track work. So I'm like, Oh, but that would totally derail all of my, <laughs> all of my triathlon <laughs> training, but man, it's tempting. It is true. We have a buddy that, um, ran a four Oh two in, in, uh, in college. And so I was texting with him today and he's like, dude, you could totally go sub five. And I'm like, shut up. I don't, you know, <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need you pouring those thoughts in my head. 
So being Gray's, actually, I'm Gray's triathlon coach, and then we do this podcast. We've been friends. I'm like, man, you are like the worst athlete to coach. It's like, no, don't go do the pop up. I'm like, all right, if you go, just don't get injured if, if you go out there. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't he get did injured. It's a good, a good way to start. But then I felt bad as a coach because I got there right when he finished, and I, and I mean, I you guys literally start right on the dime too, because I guess yeah. it was seven o'clock when the uh, when you know obviously when the horn went off. But I was like, oh, you know, maybe it's gonna be seven o seven by the time they actually get started. But no, I love how organized, and you know, I think the thing, the what I was super impressed by, and was just in awe, like Gray was saying where you just kind of want to scratch that itch. And I was just like a kid in a candy store because you see the different ages, the different shapes and sizes, and everybody was just having fun. And you would think hopping on a track, and I I remember hopping on the track, that it was somewhat intimidating, and especially not being on a track for for such a long period of time. And then, yeah, I'm 39, pushing 40, and... I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that are kind of in the same boat where it's like, no, those days are behind us, but you go out there and it just seems like a very supportive environment. So um, Pat and Sandy, so not only do you guys do the podcast, not only is the pop-up, not only, you know, the awesome, you know, Miler is coming up in August, but what are some of the other events that you guys do to, to cater to the community that has also gained a lot of traction? And doesn't even have to be running. Yeah, I mean, I would say the, you know, there's a few things we've done that have been good. And I think uh, the Raleigh Half Marathon that we, mm-hmm. we've done a few times has been a lot of fun. You know, the first year we did it, it was like a thousand degrees and, and, mm. and crazy. And that was tough. And then the second year, we kind of flipped our course and got a, it was like 25 degrees. Nice. <laughs> and it was great. You know, like we're, we're having fun kind of digging into that. You know, some of the things we do with the community of, uh, you know, the past two Olympic marathon trials, we've, we've hosted like a panel for all the local qualifiers and, uh, you know, had parties that revolve around celebrating the, the local runner. We think that's very important. Um, so there, there's always kind of a mix of putting on events like in July, Sandy and I are huge tour de France fans. So we yeah. do something called the tour de Walter, which is, uh, basically there is one Strava challenge a week, for four weeks in July and we add your times together and you know, there's prizes and that came in really handy because we've been doing that for many years. And last year with COVID, we basically did the same thing for the pop-up miles. We just had a different road mile every Tuesday that you could go run. And so, you know, even when, you know, everybody was kind of disconnected from seeing everybody, I think we really did a good job of, of having events, even though they were virtual, but they weren't just, like, hey, go run a random 5K and send in your time and send us $25. It was, everything was really directed in, in a, we, we had a vision of what we wanted to do. And I, I think with what we do, um, we don't want to do events just to do do them. We want to put on events that um, are fun and cool. And, and, you know, sometimes they're cool to us and not cool to everybody else. But I think we usually have a pretty good beat on it. And um, that's going to continue to evolve. I think one that, I'll let Sandy kind of comment on that we did a few years ago that was a lot of fun was we rented out the Wake County Speedway. The guy was just like, hey, 500 bucks, y'all can rent it out. You can bring alcohol in and have a blast. And we basically did like a decathlon of running. We set, we measured the speedway and set up cones to like a, a quarter mile. We did like four events and we had Victor from Raleigh Denim make us a, an American flag in denim and wave it and you know, play a bunch of loud country songs and, and everybody just had an absolute blast. And it was one of those things like, I don't know if we do that every year, but it was a really fun one-off. And, and that's kind of, that's the kind of stuff we're looking to do is uh, not get too heady with it, but uh, really have fun with, uh, you know, we all are really into running, but we don't need another 5k. Let's be honest. That's right. Exactly. Yep. And so, you break some ankles on some embankment on a speedway. Yeah, <laughs> but it's funny because the triathlon is actually taking a page out of that book because <clears throat> since they've actually been um, getting back into really just trying to televise and market triathlon quite a bit. So uh, Challenge, which is the actual organization that runs specific events, recently they've done uh, Miami Homestead and then uh, they started off their season doing Daytona. 
to try and mix kind of that NASCAR or that race type feel feel with the triathletes. And it was just awesome because you had the athletes coming out of the water and then you had the, you had the analysts just with their microphones right there, just right in front of them. The moment they came out into the transition. So I, I can kind of see something like that, you know, picking up and running, just kind of go to some, maybe some of these small dirt tracks where, yeah, you you know, it's, it's just all about having a good time and having some fun and having some good beer and, and just going out and, you know, maybe killing some PRs at the same time. I got, Kevin, I got a, a triathlon fun fact for you right now. I don't know if you're aware of this. Go ahead. But do you know who came in last in the very first Sir Walter Myler? The very first Sir Walter seven years. Yeah, triath- uh, there's a triathlon yeah. connection. At a very high level, an Olympic level per se, if I can say that. Oh, you're giving too much away, Sandy. So, male or female? Male. Male. Um, U.S. born or foreign? U.S. U.S. born. Male. Andy Potts. Morgan Pearson. Really? Ooh. Yeah. 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 Morgan went. He went to Duke uh, for a few years before he went to Colorado, and you know, to his credit, Mor- Morgan's a machine. He's an animal. Uh, but when he came to the miler that year, I, he was uh, coming off injury and uh, was not in the, the current physical shape that he is now. And he's, it's really cool seeing him become like a star in the tri- triathlon scene and become an Olympian this year. Cause um, we'd heard the stories about him doing these workouts and uh, you know, we saw him race. He, he was not quite there then, but uh, it's incredible to watch his progression and uh, th- that'll be trivia for Sir Walter forever. So I hope you're listening to this podcast, Sir Walter fans. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's pretty cool. We actually had the guy that he actually um, bumped out of the spot because this guy actually was part of the Olympic team um, for Rio. So Ben Canute um, out in Arizona, and um, it was actually a battle for that last spot. And yeah, no, that's that's phenomenal. So yeah, the, t- the two dads run Olympic Jinx has, yeah, uh, so has we, been, we're, we're, been Canute <laughs> we'll and uh, Kira, Kira D'Amato. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah we had Kira hey, D'Amato. She's, she's going to be okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she has a phenomenal story. And, you know, kind of yeah. like what you were talking about, Pat, you know, it's just fun to maybe just take those breaks, you know, through your life to just maybe, you know, spend some quality time with the family, maybe just reassess what you're doing to just kind of have fun with what you've been wanting to do. And then get back and running, and you just feel rejuvenated with the running, um, you know, with the running scene again. So, in regards to you know the future, uh, you know, Sandy, I'll start off with you, Sandy. So, what does you know what does the future hold for for you and with your your individual goals, and then also with Sir Walter running? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I you know, I I personally, I just like pushing my body. So hopefully, even when I'm eighty, I'll, I'll continue to do that. I, I I'd love to get into my one thing I want to get into like mountain running, not, not like long distance, but I'm talking about like, you know, cause I enjoy like the bear, which I'm doing in like a couple weeks. Y'all familiar with that? It's like that five mile uphill, up, uh, uphill race up grandfather mountain. No. Like kick, yeah. It kicks off the Highland games. It sells out like within a day. It's really impressive. It's really cool. You start at the bottom of grandfather and you summit it. It's like five miles. The last two, two, two and a half are pretty wicked. Um, but it's, it's a, a ton of fun. So I'd love to do that. Uh, it's not, you know, getting to some competitive, maybe mountain running. We'll see. But in terms of Sir Walter, I just want us to, you know, continue. I mean, here's the deal. I, I, for me, this is like a legacy project to be a part of. So like, I hope that like 30, 40 years from now, I'm sure it'll have, it'll have some different iterations is, you know, who knows what will happen. You know, of course we never thought we'd deal with a, you know, you know national yeah, pandemic, right. but <laughs> I mean the, you know, but the reality is like, if we keep putting on this meat, like we'll be one of maybe like, two or three domestic meets, maybe us in like Prefontaine are like the only like, you know, meets that have continued over all these years. So I hope we can continue to put on, um, even if it looks a little bit different from year to year, but like put on an excellent event where we get to bring the running, get running community together. And as long as we can do that and then continue to put on fun events, I mean, I know some of the things we've, we've always wanted to put on a trail race. I think we can do that. I think there's some cool spots in the area. We'll have to figure out what the best move is, but, um, we've got a team that like, I think has a good, has a good pulse on what's cool, but also like what's feasible and what we can do realistically. And so, um, I think we'll, we'll keep tracking on that front. And then 
we'll see. I mean, I think, you know, it'd be fun to do some sort of like relay, maybe like around the triangle or so. I don't know. Like, I think we're always thinking like, what's the next thing. That's the fun thing is that we have like kind of our flagship events, but we also then get to say like, Hey, what would be fun to do? And believe me, we look, we watch all their disciplines. I mean, Heck, you'll even find me. I mean, I love watching other sports just to see like how they do advertising, how, so how we can learn from Sir Walter or like, and then the biking world's a great, like what are some cool events that, you know, George Hincapie and crew are putting on down in Greenville. And, and so we're just always trying to figure out like, how can we bring some innovative, cool ideas from other disciplines to our sport to continue to be inclusive and just did, you know, continue to have deeper roots locally and whatever that looks like event wise, we're all for. And, uh, I'm obviously with continuing to have, you know, the Sir Walter Miler year after year. Um, I just hope that that'll, that'll continue to grow and that we'll, you know, like I said, decades from now, we'll still be putting it on. Very excited to see that. And it's funny that you mentioned George Hincapie, because as you were talking about trail running, I mean, I feel that trail running is this popularity is just, kind of like these meme stocks. It is just getting so much popularity right now. But uh, mm-hmm. so you mentioned as far as out and you said Grandfather Mountain, correct? That's correct. So um, George Hincapie and Lance Armstrong were just in yeah. our backyard at Pilot Mountain. Yeah. Did you yeah, see that? At Pis- yeah, Pisgah National. No, I told Pat, not Pat sent it to me. He's like, do we got to go run this? I was like, absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, did you see Lance saying that, it, that, that those last few miles were brutal? I mean, yeah. to see that guy yeah. just like in the hurt locker. I so, love it. Well, definitely hey, looking forward to seeing if you go to, yeah. Give us a call. If you go to run that, we'll join you. Another thing too. I know Pat, Pat, Pat was probably going to jump in, but I'm going to, I'm going to get in front of him here. But one of the things too, is like Pat and I love to like go to cool running spots, like whether it be races, like we have some like bucket list races that I, I know I want to get to like just some, like, like just some old road races, like Cooper river, peach tree, uh, Virginia 10 miler, you know, just ones that have been there for a long time, but, um, also like running locales. So, uh, coming off Pat's 40th birthday, a couple years ago, we went to Boulder, had a blast and like, we like hit all the main, you know, big running spots, eateries, uh, you know, coffee spots, beer spots. It's awesome. So we were like, man, we need to create like a company or, or some like offshoot of our Sir Walter call like Sir Walter, um, uh, adventures or, uh, what, Pat, what do we say? Uh, Sir Walter, Ex- yeah, that's our expeditions and basically go to these places and like craft like these like running weekends or long weekends and buy people and say, Hey, pay this price. Everything's included, but like Flagstaff and Boulder or, you know, Bend, Oregon, or even locally like Boone or Blowing Rock. So, uh, or Asheville. So, you know, we got some stuff that we still want to do that we're going to, as long as our wives allow us, we're going to try to figure out how to make, how to make it a reality. <laughs> the boss has to approve. That's exactly right. <laughs> All four of us can, are in that boat. Yes. We can't do anything <laughs> without that approval. That's right. That's right. Well, cool. Pat, what about, what about yourself? So, you know, what, what's on the horizon for you? What are some of the things that you're very excited and challenging yourself personally? And then, you know, al- along with Sandy with uh, Sir Walter running. Yeah. I mean, you know, personally it's, it's fun for me to always be able to, to run when I was running a few days a week, I kind of missed it. And I've, I've kind of learned over the years, like we were talking about earlier, you know, I can always run whether it's, it's hard or just jogging around. It's always fun to have it in my life. Cause you know, Thursday nights run club, that's when I get to go out and talk to people and do all that. And that's, that's just a huge part of what we do. And, you know, it, when talking about, kind of successes and where we're going, you know, the times when I think we've had the biggest successes, we didn't see them coming. I mean, in 2016, when we had uh, three women break 430 and run the three fastest times in the world at that point, then have uh, the big article in Sports Illustrated, we didn't see that coming. Uh, You know, a couple years ago when we had um, 13 guys run under four minutes in the same race, it was was the most sub fours in one race in history. So we didn't see that coming. and so I, I'm happy to, to try to put on fun events, cool events, and, and, and kind of things, whether they're for the local community or for, you know, elite, elite athletes, and then, you know, set ourselves up for success and then see what happens. But uh, well, like Sandy said, I think the trail race is one we've been batting around for years and the adventure thing. Uh, you know, when we did my birthday trip, it was uh, you know, six or seven of us, and, you know, we talked to all our friends in Boulder, told, they told us where to go, and, it was kind of funny the last night out, we went to this, I don't know if I'd call it, it was like a tap room, but it was like a food truck rodeo situation. And we ran into, you know, a few people that had run Sir Walter. We're kind of like, what are you doing here? They're like, well, 
it's it's Emma Coburn's birthday tonight. It, you, you knew, right? And so it's all these pro runners. We knew some of them. We didn't know others, but it was like biggest track nerd party of all time. And of course, <laughs> all all of our running friends are like, well, you guys planned that, obviously. And we're like, actually, we didn't. But I think we're, we're probably spoiled to think, oh, if you go to Boulder, this is just how it is. Um, but, but those are kind of our, some of our dreams that we have to get to. I think, uh, as, as you guys all know, with, with kids and, um, you know, wives and all that stuff, you have to be very deliberate with your time. Um, so, so Sandy and I, you know, we talk every day and, and, and try to hone in on whatever is going to make us happy and then hopefully make, uh, the local and national community happy too. But, uh, you know, your guess is as good as mine. We're going to keep thinking. And then, you know, when we, kind of whittle it down and run it past the team and, and, and land on something you'll know. <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much talking about being deliberate with your time. We, we certainly appreciate the time that you've taken to spend with us tonight. Uh, we're going to wrap it here. Thank you guys so much for what you have done for the community. It's really awesome. Um, so, you know, so happy for all of the success that you've had and can't wait to see what Sir Walter Myler's got coming up and Sir Walter running. I'm looking forward to, maybe getting out for a trail race and Sandy, maybe I'll see you out there on the half marathon course. And you know, it's been go. awesome talking to you guys. Really appreciate you guys coming on. Yeah. yeah thanks, thanks for having us. us. Thanks guys. You guys have a good one. All right. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks everyone for checking out the episode. Thank you to our guests, Pat and Sandy for joining us this week. Awesome conversation from those guys. Thank you to Eric, our producer for making us sound like not idiots as usual. (laughs) Um, Thanks. uh, Please remember to subscribe, give us five stars on Apple podcast as well. You can check us out on social media. We are at two dads run podcast on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, all that good stuff. You can also email the show if you like, two dads run at gmail.com. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, everyone.